This is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important in the world of barbecue and grilling. This show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire fun and frivolity show. If you would like to get in contact with me tonight, or if you would like to follow the show during off show hours, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Central Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. He is a longtime sponsor of the show, and perhaps when you really break it down, and we've had a number of these type of folks on the show over the course of 15 or 16 years, one of the smartest guys, book smart, street smart, anything smart-wise, when it comes to live fire or life in general, one of the co-founders of Fireboard, Ted Conrad, joins the show. I've been teasing it for the last number of weeks. The last time he was on, which was the Tuesday after the American Royale, and we know about this year's American Royale, but we had Ted on. We recapped the American Royal, why they go, things like this. We also briefly talked about the new product that they were getting ready to launch. It wasn't at launch at that point. Towards the end of September, I think they were waiting towards the end of October, beginning of November before they actually got it out there. So we will re-go over the new product that is currently out now, available for holiday shopping and the like, which is the Fireboard Beacon. Give you some background on it, and we'll also talk about some other items as well. Also, where the beacon might fit into your everyday cooking, monitoring type thing. Might have a couple different uses that you're not even thinking about. So Ted Conrad to lead, and then 35 past the first hour. The second hottest topic in 2023, it was first before KCBS scoring debacle, was Memphis in May 2023. Here to talk about a brand. like Everybody's trying to one-up each other on 
what story needs to be the story of the year 2023 here on the Barbecue Central show? And Memphis and May and their all that's encompassing has now decided to try and leap back into the lead. Kerry Bringle is going to be talking about a brand new barbecue competition and associated music festival that's going to be taking place in Memphis the same days Memphis in May is going to be taking place. And where is the new place going to be held? Tom Lee Park. (laughs) Of course. I mean, of course it's going to be in Tom Lee Park. The barbecue contest that had seen Tom Lee Park at its home for 40 years, holding a few off years to the side, ushered out and a brand new one ushered in. Coming here on the same day. It's competing head-to-head with the granddaddy of them all, if you can believe it. And Kerry Bringle is a steering member. Is that what they call it? Founding father of this brand new event. So we're going to talk about all that. Why he's ditching Memphis and May at this point. Where the taste has soured. What you can expect from this new barbecue contest. That will be taking place in Memphis at the same time as Memphis and May. So looking forward to closing out the first hour in style. Then we'll move to the second hour because it's the fourth Tuesday of a month. In the second hour, we have the embedded correspondence. Not sure we'll be at 100%. Rusty has been dealing with some health issues that have seen him in fairly dire straits. So he's been hit and miss on contact. I've talked to him a few different times over the last handful of days, and I'm not sure if he's going to be in the mix. We're counting on him not being here. I can't imagine, actually, that he's going to be in the mix. But we do have John, and we do have Doug. We have a whole slew of surety questions to get through and some topics to dive deeper on. So whether Rusty is here or not, yet to be seen. But Doug and Rusty are, or I'm sorry, Doug and John are in, and that's how the show's laying out. Ted Conrad, Kerry Bringle, first hour and the embedded correspondence in the second hour if you need it. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, X, TikTok, Snapchat, all at the handle at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of the video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch over on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. And we do have a YouTube poll question of the week. A little outside the box here, and I'm asking everybody, including all guests here this evening, for personal phone calls, do you leave a voicemail, yes or no? And currently, 69% of you are saying yes. My thought right off the bat is that we have a older demographic that feels a need or a it's not desire but there's some type of what's the word I'm looking for like your parents taught you uh, how to there's some type of a respect when you call somebody's phone sell or not and they don't answer the phone and you go through the message you feel it is polite and the right thing to do to leave the voicemail. I'm teetering on the edge there. If it's a business phone call, which is not what we're talking about here this evening, absolutely always leave the voicemail. Personal phone calls, not for me. You saw I called. If you're interested enough, you're going to call me back. There's a very good chance 
that if you don't pick up when I call, I am following up with the text two seconds after I hang up the phone. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Right. But 67% of you currently are saying you do leave voicemails even on your personal phone calls. So we'll check the status and the results as they collect over the course of the show. But we will start here this evening. I got a lot of reaction from fans over the week from the Brian Jarvis interview. Atlanta Barbecue Store, of course. Many of you surprised he was so pro-KCBS, even in the face of having to cancel his award ceremony at his contest because the reps were not 100% confident in their results. I did some emailing back and forth with Rod Gray over the week to get some clarification on a few things that were either mentioned during Brian's segment last week or from the apology letter that the KCBS had to write explaining what happened in Atlanta. The letter is on the KCBS website if you care to read it, kcbs.us. But the gist is the following. The scoring problem wasn't from a tech or software issue. The conclusion is that the data wasn't input correctly. I heard reports that there were pro teams showing up in the backyard results. That's not what you want. And that's where the issue was and why the awards were called off. They couldn't figure out how to get them separated or at least in any amount of time where Brian didn't feel like the results he was going to get were going to be 100% accurate, so he called it off. But that's what happened. There was some meandering of results in the associated contests that were happening. Not a tech issue, according to KCBS. They mentioned merging in the email to me. That feels a little techy. Secondly, as I'm reading the apology letter and then got some replies back from Rod, it seemed like the KCBS reps in general are being put on notice. And while there are known glitches in the KCBS scoring software, the bigger issue in errors, it appears, is the reps and not the software. One of the reps at the ABS event had commented on the KCBS Facebook page under the apology letter that she felt like she was at least to a phone call in advance of posting that letter because she felt like she was being sold down the river in that apology letter. Look, if you go through the comments where that letter is, the lion's share, and there's a couple other posts associated with that. They're saying the bigger issue between the two is the lack of technology. It's not the lack of qualified reps. And that the lack of tech is finally catching up with the KCBS and only now are the chickens coming home to roost. We will continue to monitor this situation and pass along updates, of course. Ted Conrad is going to be joining us here in just one moment. Before we get to him, I will ask you this question. Aside from voicemail leaving, are you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences? Of course you are. It's time to step up your barbecue and grilling game and bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues. Pits and Spits Charcoal Grills offer the highest quality live fire cooking experience you can get in the market today. You can use either wood or charcoal, doesn't matter. Their solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for when you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for family and friends. 
With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat. That's great. It's their take on the very popular Santa Maria-style grill, of course. You can check them out online at this special website, pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. And don't forget, the pits and the spits is spelled with the double T on the pits and the spits. When you're checking out, you can use promo code charcoal central, charcoal central, all one word, and you can get $150 off any charcoal grill that they're currently selling on the website, pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central. It's great. Free money all around. And you're getting $150 off a charcoal grill that's going to last you your lifetime and your kid's lifetime. Why? Because it's made with the finest materials and hand craftsmanship that you can possibly get. Houston, Texas, no less. Everything coming out of Houston is top quality and life-changing. Yes. Once again, the website is pitsandspits.com slash Central. The double T on the Pits and Spits. And use promo code CHARCOALCENTRAL for $150 off any charcoal grill at checkout. We hope to have Ted Conrad coming up out of the break. But you stick around because we'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information. Purchase on these websites instead of CookinPellets.com. Amazon.com, Lowe's.com, and Walmart.com. Same great selection of the Cookin' Pellets products. Better. I said better shipping rates that you're going to get at CookinPellets.com. Before we get to Ted Conrad, I said in the open, it's a race to see what story is going to be story of the year in barbecue 2023. For the longest time, Memphis and May was leading, and then KCBS stepped in with the American Royal scoring fiasco a few weeks later, following that up with another not-as-big scoring fiasco in Atlanta. However... Memphis and May now making a concerted effort to take over the story. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. And I'm not going to get into it here, but Greg Rampey reporting to the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that breaks the most live fire breaking news across the country. Nay, the globe. 
And according to Fox13Memphis.com, Jim Holt, the CEO of Memphis in May, announces his retirement right today. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, he did. I mean, this is insane. It's a hurdle race of who wants to be story of the year on the Barbecue Central Show in 2023. After 25 years leading the International Festival, Holt's last day at the helm will come on January 31st, 2024. I actually have some more stuff to get into from the second hour and uh, that piece of info being fed to be by next segment's guest, Kerry Bringle. So if you weren't aware of what's going on, the CEO is now retiring after a 25-year run of the Memphis and May International Festival. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show. My first guest tonight, one of the partners who's created Fireboard, longtime supporter of the show, which I appreciate. You are most likely and familiar with their products, which include the Fireboard 2, the Fireboard Drive, Fireboard Pro, of course, the Fireboard Spark. Tonight, we're going to talk a bit more about their newest offering, which is called the Fireboard Beacon. And we are happy to have our pal and one of the founding members of Fireboard Labs, Ted Conrad, joining us. Ted, appreciate you joining me here. And we have a YouTube poll question of the week that we're asking everybody, including all guests. And the question tonight is this. For personal phone calls only, not business, for personal phone calls, do you leave a voicemail, yes or no? Uh, no. How about a text? 61% are saying yes. They actually do leave voicemails. I'm with you. Oh. At, this, at this stage of the game, when I get the voicemail prompt, I immediately hang up and follow up with call me when you're free, which I guess I could say in a voicemail too, but I don't. So we are in the minority, but we're starting to even out a little bit more. It was 80-20 at the beginning of the show, and we're starting to pull a little bit closer to even as every second passes. Nevertheless. But, but do you even check your, your voicemails, Greg? Like, doesn't it fill up and you can't keep up with it? Well, this brings up a whole other can of worms with me, and I'm probably the only one that does this. You could take my phone, and if you see four text threads in my text inbox thing that would be a lot i don't know if it was from when i had my first flip phone and there was zero storage and i was also able to text at that time you couldn't keep a whole bunch of text messages without taking up all the memory so i got into a habit of deleting all my text messages after i had sent them well that habit has carried on right along so i have no running conversation with anybody uh, whenever I start or respond back to somebody's text message, it's a, it's a fresh slate where my wife has 10 years of our text conversations. I have like the last five minutes, and uh, before I go to bed tonight, everything's going to get wiped out. So I don't have an issue with my voicemail filling up because I delete all my voicemails as well, if you can believe. <laughs> before you listen to them. Yeah, I just delete them. I was like, oh, well, somebody called. I'm not going to listen. I'll just now, business is different. I listen to everything voicemail-wise business. I also leave voicemails uh, from a business standpoint. But on a personal side, uh, absolutely, I do none of that, and I erase everything. So never ask me if I have a running record of anything because the answer is 100% no. I don't have it. And I deleted it. it on purpose to add insult to injury. 
just for the record, I've saved our old landlord left all these voicemails and I saved all those voicemails. It's hilarious. <laughs> We're going to make a montage of his voicemails. <laughs> this guy is nuts. Anyway. Last Thursday, uh, Ted, was Thanksgiving. And yep. almost all of us are cooking something that could utilize the efficiency of a fireboard product. Uh, from a consumer side, I know how well it works. But on a day like Thanksgiving, for instance, since it just happened, what does it look like from your side of things when you compare it to what a normal average everyday use of fireboard looks like? Oh, man. Yeah, Greg, it's it's amazing. As everyone knows, you, you know, the cloud-based service that a lot of these systems offer. And of course, you know, we've, we've started with Fireboard. We've been going with this for several years now. Um, but it, it, it takes a lot of work. You know, there's, there's a lot of work involved with keeping the messaging. You know, if you look at the real-time temperature, right, that's a message that's sent real-time between the device and then your mobile app where you're actually viewing the temperature. So it takes an actual system that's up and running on a server to provide that service. And there's of course the, the database, essentially like a web, a web server that's running, that's hitting a database. So all of these interconnected systems have to be up and running. So we're, we're about 10 X the traffic. Wow. So Thanksgiving and it, it's, it peaks out Greg right around noon. Yeah. 1231 o'clock central, it peaks out right around then. And it, it's, a, it's a pretty steady, it's a pretty, you know, in the morning it, it, it slopes up and then about noon, there's pretty steady throughout the rest of the day, but there's a peak around noon central. Yeah, because I imagine somewhere between 11, 12 o'clock Eastern or central, everybody's getting their turkeys into the oven if they're shooting for four or five, six o'clock finish. And that's probably when most of them are going in and everybody's starting to ramp up, make sure everything's connected and, uh, you know, clearing house to the sparks. So you can take it around with you and, you know, monitor all the different temperatures depending on where you're at. Like I told you, I had mine set up in another part of the kitchen so I could monitor uh, as well. Um, all the way back in the beginning of Fireboard, and you guys are smart, do you, as you're building this, do you also say, hey, there's going to be some pretty big food holidays that we need to account for. Or in the beginning, does it catch you from behind? You make a mistake and realize, oh, well, we're not going to do that again. Yeah, it's it's definitely the latter. We we <laughs> did not know. <laughs> Maybe, you know, ignorance is bliss, but, you know, we we had no idea kind of what was going on. And I guess it's it's obvious. You, you probably should have anticipated and we, we had some idea there was going to be more demand for the holidays, but you had no idea like the size of magnitude, you know, like if you, it, for us, a typical weekend, you see Saturday trend up and then you see Sunday actually trend up more than Saturday. So it's kind of fascinating to me that Sunday is always a little bit heavier of a cooking day than Saturday. Um, but then you don't know what the factor is for like a holiday, you know, for like a Thanksgiving. Is it, is it 3X? Is it 5X? Is it 10X? And so all of our services on the back end have to scale essentially dynamically mm. over that period of time to handle that demand. In, unless, unless you're willing to 
accept some degradation of service, right? And like, we don't want to do that. Like we want our fireboard service to be just as good during Thanksgiving, the peak of traffic mm. as it is any other random day on the weekend or, you know, weeknight or whatever. So now that you have this experience behind you, do you go out and buy 438 servers and load the basement and turn those on for the peak holidays that you've come to know now with that you have experience behind you or, uh, or how does that, how does that work? I'm not too inclined technically to, to put my head around that. Well, I mean, some, everybody's familiar with, with Amazon and like they have their whole web services division, right? That's a huge part of Amazon. And I will say, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Amazon fanboy, but like what they've created with Amazon web services is pretty cool. You know, we're able to, in a matter of minutes, essentially with a mouse point and click, and we can say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to scale from two, two servers up to 10 servers, you know, and they, they have that worked out. Mm. So you can do that and you have what's called a load balancer. So everyone that's hitting the fireboard service hits essentially what's called a load balancer. And it's almost like a round robin, right? Like if we have 10 servers set up, then it's going to go, Hey, first person in goes to server one, next person goes to server two and round and round and round. You know, so it's a really cool way of distributing the traffic and the load. Um, and they have that worked out. Now, what, what isn't worked out is once you have all those servers scaled up, how do they talk to each other and how do they actually still create that smart mm -hmm. experience where, you know, if, if, if one person's connected to server A, but the other person's connected to server M, how do those people still know that they have the same data and you propagate that data correctly. So there's there's some technical details there behind the scenes. And Greg, you know, it's funny going back to I think it's a 2017, I think. I mean, we were I was at my cousin's house when we were Thanksgiving, and I kind of tell this story, but like, you know, we we were caught off guard. And all the every year it's a moving target for us, right? Because we sell more devices, we have more people that are interested in fireboard, right. we have new products. And so what the demand was last year, obviously it's going to be more than that. But again, it's like, how do we know? Do we know it's going to be 2X? And so we were caught off guard a little bit. Nothing bad happened, but we had to react. We had to log into several of the servers and kind of make some changes really quick on the, on the fly. So everybody was downstairs having Thanksgiving and I was <laughs> upstairs holed away in the office with my laptop. And, uh, but you know it, it's okay it, it it is what it is and uh holidays aren't quite quite what they were in the years past but actually this year ironically this year was unbelievable mm -hmm. really really smooth we kind of prepared every year we've been preparing even better and better so this year was was really smooth when you were on last time we were talking about the upcoming release of the fireboard beacon since then it is now in the market so for the folks that aren't familiar with it just tuning in for the first time tonight what have you give us a re-intro to the fireboard beacon and what the best use cases might be yep so fireboard beacon it's it's a wireless sensor so it's a temperature and humidity sensor and this sensor is really designed it's super, super easy 
to, I've got one here. It's super, super easy just to throw this into a walk-in cooler or, you know, freezer. And so if, if you're a restaurant guy or if you're a grocery store guy or if any small business or even honestly around the house, I've had a, an unbelievable number of people that have told me, you know, Ted, I just want to track my kids' room temperature, right? Like maybe in the winter it gets really cold or maybe in the summer we're afraid it's getting too hot. You know, there's temperatures everywhere, yep. you know? So here you have the ability to throw literally a, a sensor. It's just, it connects wireless. And this guy just goes up on, you know, just sticks on the wall, sticks in, you know, the inside of your fridge or your freezer, and it connects back to the Fireboard base station. And then, then all that information goes to the cloud, right? So you have the ability um, with this beacon so the beacon is like a low frequency. So your range is extremely good, right? You can put this thing all across the room. You can put this in a restaurant back in your back storage fridge. You know, we've got guys that are running this like under the counter and like all sorts of metal that are coming around. And because it's low frequency, it'll go through all those materials hmm. and it'll connect back to the fireboard. And you have all that information to the cloud from there. And it's temperature only, or does it do humidity or something else? Yeah, temperature, humidity, mm. and it also has a single channel probe port built in. So the, the single channel, you can actually plug in a normal fireboard probe. And so this guy, mm. you can actually plug that right in there. And so the, the single channel fireboard probe, you can run the normal, you can actually run a cook if you're out, let's say you don't have a good Wi-Fi signal, you can actually use the beacon and you can plug in a probe and that goes back to the main fireboard and all of a sudden wireless is not an issue, right? Mm. You don't have to worry that you don't have a good Wi-Fi connection. So it's, it's, it's essentially treated as a really smart range extender for anybody that's really doing a cook. They don't have good Wi-Fi access. So super, super handy for that too. If you're a wine guy like me, I have a, a uh, humidor full of cigars. So uh, I know I'm real humidity conscious. Would like to know the temperature because my humidor also will heat and cool depending on what the temperature is. But I've always struggled with the Bluetooth, uh, like the GoV Bluetooth uh, hygrometer because I either got to be right near it or right above it upstairs in order for it to work. So it sounds like something like this or those people that have extensive wine cellars in their house. This is going to cut through all that material. They can still sit on their couch or be out in the garage and have uh, the ability to, to check and monitor what their temperatures and humidity levels are. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. We've, we've really built it for just that reason. I mean, it's, you literally put in it, there's two double a batteries and this thing will last like two or three years. Oh. And what it's doing is it's sending a signal back every minute. You can, you can, it's actually a user definable interval. So you can say every minute, every 30 seconds, maybe every five minutes, whatever you care about. <laughs> Um, but you know, for most of us who are like, yeah, like you said, you've got a small humidor every five minutes is fine, right? All you need to know is kind of what's going on now within, you know, five, 10 minutes and sends it back. All that information is tracked, super easy to check it out. I think, I don't know, part of, I think what we've done with this is, you know, nobody wants to, to, to run a probe all the way through their house and extend wires as if they're installing, you know, some electrical thing. Yeah. So like, this is just a peel and stick 
throw in the batteries and you're good to go. Super, super easy. And you can put a number of them in one location or around one location to get potentially different readings or see how uh, you know accurate or, or ambient the temperature is in any given location. And they all work together. Oh, yeah. We've well, right now we have like a hard limit in the firmware of like I think 32 devices that will connect to a fireboard. That's a lot. And then, but if, of course, if you want, if you want more than 32, just buy another fireboard and you've got, you know, 64 or whatever. Right. But it, it, it probably will, will, will raise that threshold further with some firmware updates. But, um, so right now you can, the, the whole idea was if you've got a grocery store, we have grocery stores running all over Kansas City. You know, and they've got their, you, know, you have your like, they call it the coffin cooler. So you've got yep. your meat and you've got your, you know, ice cream, you've got your dairy, you have your cheese, all that stuff. So we have cooler after cooler after cooler and they're all are using these things. And it's, it's so, so nice and easy for these guys. It, the installation used to take hours or almost, you know, four or five hours during the most, most part of the day. And now it's like about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, here in Cleveland, I would assume now that uh, legal weed is all over the place, you could market it towards growers too, right? So you got to make sure that you're growing in the the right temperature, whatever, if you're into that. Uh, So this is obviously a good Christmas gift. And then uh, we would always fall back on the flagship product fireboard as being a good holiday gift. Are there going to be any other promos happening over the next uh, few weeks as we build into the holiday season here? Yeah. So we did as, as everybody else, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is like a huge thing, right? So that's, that's grown and grown and grown. So we ran a week long special. It just ended last night for Cyber Monday. But what we're looking at is actually now we're going to do a Christmas countdown, which will probably be starting maybe in a week, week and Mm -hmm. a half. And that usually goes all the way until maybe New Year's, something like that. So it kind of covers most of the Christmas holiday. So if, if you know, if, if you ended up like me, I'm, I'm a kind of a procrastinator, so I haven't done my holiday shopping yet. Uh, but you know, I, I should have, but anyway, you know, we'll, we'll jump in, we'll have some specials. So, you know, I think fireboard.com is always a cool place to, uh, to check out all of our new stuff is there. We'll, we've got a good special running all the way through the, the Christmas season. If you have a live fire lover, somebody that needs to monitor temperature, humidity like me or the bourbon guys, wine guys, uh, this is the products that you want to have in their stockings and under the tree. And as Ted said, fireboard.com is the place to go. Uh, Ted, always appreciate the time talking about the beacon here tonight once again. And we'll look for you again here sooner than later. Sounds good, Greg. Thank you. You got it. Ted Conrad right there. I'm amped up. I want to upgrade from the Govi, and I think the Beacon is going to do it for me as far as the Cigar Humidor is concerned. I'll have to ask Doug in the second hour. I think he's got a huge wine cellar in his house. Maybe the Beacon is right for him. Maybe he's getting a Christmas gift and he doesn't know it. Now that I'm thinking out loud. Kerry Bringle is going to be joining us here in just one second. Before we get to him, I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Cookers. We all love ceramic cookers. Well, most of us do. What do we love about it? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. 
We also love that they can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts, but what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers, the real ability to do two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo in the game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute that two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, there's more than 60, 60, 60 different ways to cook it on that Primo cooker, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. Lots of accessories. If you're a Primo owner, you're looking for gifts, aside from the fireboard stuff that we talked about, Primo has a bunch of accessories to complement that cooker. Bottom line is this, best ceramics in the biz, yes, patented technology, yes, true two-zone cooking capabilities, absolutely, only sold through dealers. So you have to find a dealer near you, search their website at primogrill.com, and then look at all the different ovals. Buy the one that best fits your budget and needs. I suggest always buying up. Don't buy down. No one's ever regretted buying up. Primogrill.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And we are back with the Peg Leg Porker. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Ted Conrad for joining us last segment, Fireboard.com, his website. This segment brought to you by Fireboard, believe it or not. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or via Bluetooth. Smart speakers integrated with Fireboard as well. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Ted Conrad and the gang over there at Fireboard. My next guest, one of the most well-known and accomplished barbecue cooks in the country. You have probably been to his restaurant if you've ever been to Nashville. You've seen him on TV shows. Widely considered to be one of the best whole hog cooks in the country. Did you know that he is quickly becoming one of the most decorated bourbon producers in the country. Indeed, he is. But tonight, we are talking about one of the hottest topics of the show in 2023, which is the Memphis in May topic. And it caught a new round of heat last Wednesday and earlier this evening when a new barbecue festival was announced to take place at the same time as Memphis in May. And this one is going into Tom Lee Park, where Memphis in May had taken place for Many, many decades here to talk about it is the founder of the Peg Leg Porker brand. Carrie Bringle joins us on the show. Carrie, before we get into all of this barbecue talk, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that we're asking everybody and I want to get your thought on it as well. And we're talking just about private personal phone calls here, not business. But for personal phone calls, do you leave voicemails? Yes or no? <laughs> Rarely as much these days, Greg. I, uh, typically, I, uh, I I don't as much. All right. We're going no. We're going no. Yeah. 41% of us, because I'm with you, Carrie, are saying no, we don't. 59% are 
are saying they still do leave voicemails, and we'll track that through the rest of the show. So well, I know how long it takes me to check my messages, so I can imagine with other people it's the same. No doubt. So last Wednesday, I read an article announcing a new music festival and barbecue contest that will be held the same time as Memphis and May's event 2024. Not only that, it's going to be held in Tom Lee Park. So before we get into the specifics, let's take a quick look back at the peg leg porker background within the confines of Memphis and May. How long you've been doing it and what did you like about it? Uh, well, you know, Greg, I, I've been cooking at Memphis in May for 31 years. My uncle competed in the very first Memphis in May. And, you know, all growing up from the time that it started, I, I still have an apron from the very first Memphis in May. And I've got a T-shirt from the team Redneck Barbecue Express from the very first Memphis in May. Um, since it started, my grandmother, who was still alive at the time, sent me articles about Memphis in May about the winners, you know, with John Willingham, John Wills, uh, you know, barbecue has always been an inherent part of my family and our culture. And so I've got a deep and long history with, uh, with Memphis in May and have loved the event for a long time. When do you recall your taste for Memphis in May, let's say souring a bit? And were there any specific events that you would point to that you said, and eh, this doesn't feel like the same Memphis and May. Well, there were a number of events that have happened over the past, uh, you know, 15 years. Uh, first, Memphis and May dropped the Memphis and May Barbecue Network, which they had, which had a lot of competitions around the Southeast uh, that a lot of small towns relied on as their annual fundraiser. And I mean, you know, so when, when Memphis and May said, in one fell swoop, we're abandoning the entire network and y'all are left to fend for yourselves. Uh, that was quite a blow to many, many contest organizers, to many small cities around the Southeast. And uh, then that's when MBN was formed because, you know, th it was just some people who had been teaching the classes for Memphis in May, uh, sanctioning body like Randy McGee and and several others that, um, you know, were kind of left holding the bag. And they felt so bad about these, you know, small towns and these competitions that they were forced to form the MBN, mm. even though they had no desire to really start a network or build one or run one and didn't have a whole lot of expertise in doing so. And that's what they'll tell you from their own mouths that that's, you know, I, Randy's a, a close friend and, and had been for years and he was kind of flabbergasted and, and had to kind of pick up the ball and run with it when he really didn't, didn't want to. And, and so that was the first thing. The next thing would have been when Memphis and May took the trophies away from the ornamental metal museum. You know, Memphis has the only ornamental metal museum in the country. The trophies used to be works of art. Uh, they were handmade and, uh, the last ones had a hand-forged cleaver on top that you could actually take off the trophy and use, and they were special. You know, people like to go to Galax, Virginia yep. and compete because you could win a uh, fiddle, and, you know, people liked to win those trophies from the Ornamental Metal Museum. And then, you know, the, the third big blow was that Memphis and May went to an exclusive tent contract, 
and uh, left the teams with no choice on who they chose as a tent provider. And subsequently, the price of tents, you know, escalated every year at a at a rate that was <laughs> not commensurate with the market prices. And it, you know, it just was. All three of those were kind of blows to the teams that 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 were more about uh, money uh, rather than about the teams, and they hurt. In a lot of the promotional stuff that I read. There's a lot of talk from Memphis and May as to how much they love the teams and respect the teams that compete each year. Do you believe that? Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, the year before last when we were at Tiger Lane, you know, we had a big thunderstorm with some lightning and they forced everybody into the Liberty Bowl and then they locked everybody in. And so even after the storm had passed, but they were still worried about lightning, they literally had the teams chained into the Liberty Bowl I mean, physically, the gates were chained. Restrained. You could not leave. You were restrained. Wow. And we, I mean, these are grown men and women. This is not, uh, these are not children that need to be uh, protected. And so, you know, look, I love Memphis and May. I love the tradition. Uh, obviously, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm not here to dog uh, Memphis and May, but I can say that organizationally, they've had some issues mm. that, you know, privately, the teams, you know, expressed to me, uh, most of the big teams all have felt the same way that I've felt uh, for a number of years now. And this was long before the fight with Tom Lee Park. This, is, this has been a long time that the teams felt like, you know, maybe the contest is not looking out for my best interest. Uh, they're looking out for the organization's best interest. And even accessibility at the events has been very difficult for anybody trying to walk Tom Lee Park. As you know, I've got one leg. Mm -hmm. Trying to get up the hill or trying to get a ride uh, from anybody uh, that, that was working for the organization, they were told for years, you can't give anybody a ride because of the insurance. And so as I trudged my way up the hill with my one leg, uh, making it back to my car, uh, you know, I would be passed by volunteers on golf carts. Oh. Uh, that had open seats that would just say, sorry, it's the rules and we can't help you. Do you think that Memphis in May is in real jeopardy of drying up and going away altogether after next season? Well, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know their finances. I'm not their CFO. Um, I, I, they can, their, their own public records will tell you that they've lost millions in the last three years. So, um, you know, they lost, they lost money during COVID. Um, they lost money when they went to Tiger Lane and they lost money last year. <laughs> and right now they're in a lawsuit with the city over about $700,000. Um, now a lot of people are going to say, well, the River Parks Commission uh, screwed Memphis in May, and there's no way there could have been that much damage to the park. And I'm not disagreeing with anybody on that point. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to pick a side on that battle. The bottom line is that something between Memphis in May and the River Parks Commission did not jibe. Mm. And, and whether that's the leadership of the two organizations, whether it's the whole of the two organizations, but something uh, between the River Parks Commission and Memphis and May 
was a bad blood situation that uh, ended up where it is now. Um, and I can't speak to that because I wasn't there with those organizations in their discussions on how the park was set up, you know, what the rules were for it. Um, but, but a lot of people bring that up. But I can tell you that from my experience, there was a lot of discontent with the organization hmm. way before that, way before that happened. So when are you contacted about participating in this new deal, Kerry? Uh, so several weeks ago, I got a phone call that said, uh, we have an organization that's come together with some, uh, with some prominent, uh, members of the community that are very civic minded, that love Memphis in May, that love, uh, barbecue on the river and that want to try and, uh, you know, have a barbecue festival down at Tom Lee Park. And the news had already dropped that Memphis in May was dropping the Beale Street Music Festival. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that that Memphis in May is not just the barbecue cooking contest. Right. And for some of those of you that don't know the history of Memphis in May, Memphis in May is a month-long cultural celebration of a particular country. And so that includes bringing in ambassadors from those countries, ambassadors from Memphis going to those countries beforehand, us, uh, you know, trying to uh, do business with those countries and promote that with Memphis. It started with the, on Beale Street, there would usually be the bartender races that would start at the very first of the month. Then there would be the cultural celebration. Then there would be the Beale Street Music Festival. Then there would be the World Barbecue Cooking Competition. And then the last thing would be Sunset Symphony on the very last weekend with a, with a, uh, old renowned Memphis singer that would sing old man river to the backdrop of the sunset on the Mississippi river. Mm. And so it was a whole month long thing. And the barbecue competition is just one aspect of that. Well, now, you know, the Memphis May organization has dropped, they dropped the sunset symphony in 2015 from the river. Now they've dropped the Beale street music festival. Uh, I don't know about the beginning uh, and cultural celebrations or the bartender races, but you're left with the barbecue comp you know, cooking competition. And if it's not on the river, then is it just another barbecue competition sitting in a parking lot somewhere? Mm. I mean, you know, the Memphis in May of 10, 15 years ago is not the Memphis in May of today. As much as we would all love it to be, it's just, it's just not. But there's probably only one barbecue competition that could actually lay a decent claim to that, which would be the Jack Daniels. I mean, even the American Royal has moved locations two or three different times. But I think all in all, even outside of new locations, they would say the event is still the most important thing. If you win the American Royal title, it's still a, a pinnacle. People want to do that before they retire. But you're saying in this instance, that's not the case. Well, no, I'm not saying that's not the case. Of course, everybody would love to world win the world championship barbecue cooking competition of pork, uh, which Memphis in May is. Uh, I'm not. They still hold that title. They hold that intellectual property, uh, and so I, I'm not saying they have diminished that title or uh, are aren't the world championship barbecue cooking competition. They still are. Uh, what I'm saying is that it's, it's not in the same form 
that it had been in years past from an entirety of the Memphis and May organization. Okay. And and like location does play a pretty important role in all of this. From what I've heard, not only from you, but from a number of other people that talk about Memphis and May in a, in a very uh, revelrous way, it's always on the river, on the river. That's the refrain. Like you said, Jack Daniels is in the holler. It's on the Jack Daniels property in the hollow. And Memphis and May has always been on the river. There have been two times when it's left the river, which was during the flood when the river was, when the park was flooded. And then, you know, two years ago when we went to uh, Liberty Park uh, or Tiger Lane because uh, they were rebuilding Tom Lee Park. As a steering committee or a founding father of this new thing, what are your responsibilities in this whole deal? Well, they've asked me to give team input and consult as far as with my experience in Memphis and May. And this new organization, uh, like I said, is very civic-minded. They're very, interest, very interested in the tradition of the competition and the contest and it being on the river. But what they, what they have shown me is that they're extremely interested in having a steering committee with influential members of the barbecue committee, I mean, of the barbecue community, uh, to give input on how this can be a competition that the teams are proud of, are excited about being at, uh, feel like they've got a stake in it. And, you know, feel like they're shareholders of this thing. They, they want the full buy-in from the teams and not for it to be, hey, this is what it is. You take it or leave it. If you don't want to come, don't come. Which is, that's been the choice of people for Memphis and May for, for years. Uh, there, there was no alternative. It was if you want to go compete in the World Barbecue Cooking Competition, you know, it's Memphis and May. and the fees are going to be what they are, uh, which are extremely high. You know, for a team like mine, before we even touch the dirt, we've spent about $5,200 to $5,500 in entry fees. Wow. And then we got to, and then if we have to rent a tent and rent a floor, that's another $4,500 to $5,000. So you're at $10,000 before your foot ever hit the dirt. Hmm. That is not cheap. And in the last several years, you know, the judges that we've had have been less than ideal. Uh, I can tell you in the last two to three years, uh, when I ask a judge how long they've been judging, their response has been 30 minutes. Now, if I'm at the World Barbecue Championship Cooking Competition for pork, and I have spent $30,000 to be there, and I have a judge that has never once, not one time, judged a competition. Do I feel good about that? Absolutely not. Are they really it's saying unacceptable. they really say 30 minutes? I literally had a judge <laughs> tell me 30 minutes this wow. year. Wow. In fact, they have let a vegetarian judge judge for the last several years hmm. knowing that they were a vegetarian. They let them come in and go into a team's booth and you know, have to take bites and spit it out. Wow. I, I mean, in what world 
Is that acceptable for judging? And and you have to understand, Memphis in May is their own sanctioning body. Right. There is no sanctioning body for Memphis in May. They train their own judges, and and that's the way they do it. And the MBN, uh, a lot of MBN judges will come and judge Memphis in May, but Memphis in May is not under the authority or under the sanctioning body of MBN. You've done Memphis in May for decades and decades, as you mentioned. So making this kind of a break to an event that is so obviously trying to directly compete with one of the most well-known barbecue contests every year is pretty daring, Kerry, no doubt about it, but you're, you're kind of that guy. Have you gotten any blowback from your pitmaster pals on this break? Sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I've gotten blowback. Uh, I've gotten blowback online, and I've talked with a lot of my uh, buddies. And you know, some of them are, some of them had said we're have said we're with you a hundred percent. Where you go, we're going to go. Uh, some of them have said, "I'm waiting to see which way the wind blows," and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not here to say choose one over the other. That's got to be a personal and a team choice. Uh, I'm not advocating for what is right for you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that after doing Memphis in May for 31 years, I began to feel that they didn't value uh, my contribution to the festival and to the sport. And and that's the way we felt like we were treated, not by the volunteers, not by the people on the ground, but by the organization at the corporate level. and so, yeah, I've been called a traitor. I've been called a fraud. Um, you know, I think you know, Greg. I kind of, I kind of go to the beat of my own drum, and yeah. I'm not too terribly worried about uh, what people think about Kerry Bringle. What I am, you know, concerned about is that one, I'm a man of integrity. I kind of tell it like it is. I'm a pretty straight shooter, and you know that what you see is what you get with me. And you know, I made this decision based on my experience and on what I felt was right. And uh, it was not an easy decision. And But I think that this new group can do a better job. Now, I would love to see uh, the two groups come together mm. and, and come up with uh, something that would be a, you know, a revamp of one of the most prestigious competitions in the world and you know i hope that that may be possible if not now maybe someday but for now uh for me this was the this was the right choice and that's that's not to slight anybody or to slight memphis in may i just think that this is a group that can put together a world-class festival and i'm i'm excited to be a part of it so it's going into Tomley Park. There's going to be a music festival associated with this barbecue festival. If I look what happened just a handful of months ago, you had Memphis and May go in, do what they've done year after year after year, get stuck with a $1.4 million bill, and after deposits, they're in court fighting over $750,000. Why would anybody right. want to go into Tomley Park with a barbecue and a music contest after what they just saw happen five months ago? Well, you know, that, that was the first question I had, Greg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> believe me. Uh, 
Believe me. And, you know, so the first question I had was, uh, look, are y'all going to, you know, have to play by the same rules that Memphis and May did? And are you prepared to get a big, you know, damage bill like they did? Um, you know, and, and this group said we can handle it wow. and yes, we're prepared and yes, uh, we understand exactly what's happened and, you know, but we can, we can deal with it. And I, I think that between the river parks commission, between their story and between Memphis and May's story, the truth lies somewhere in between. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the judge and jury of what actually is is real damage and what's not mm. i can tell you i was there i don't in my opinion i didn't see that level of damage but again it's not my call to make it, it, nobody asked the teams uh it's not our call to make yep. uh, but 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 again long before this fight with the river park commission a lot of people were disenchanted with the leadership of Memphis and May. And, you know, you, you mentioned the headline earlier today that now we have a retirement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I can't really comment on it, but I can, I mean, why now? It, you know. Is it, is it too conspiracy theory of me to say, for whatever reason, as you said, maybe there was just some irreconcilable differences between the two. Whoever's this forward momentum group got with Memphis River Parks and said, hey, uh, you know, or, or Memphis River Parks gets in touch with forward momentum, says, we're going to figure out a way to get Memphis and May the hell out of Tom Lee Park. We're going to stick them with this bill. They're going to leave. And then you guys can come in, backfill Tom Lee Park. It's going to be this great thing. Uh, Carol Coletta has already sung the praises of this event and is, hasn't even happened uh, one year yet. And she's very excited about filling the park. So that's uh, something to think about. I, I wouldn't. Well, one, I, no, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that this group uh, colluded with the River Parks Commission. At colluded all. is a big word, um, Carrie. That's, no, we're no, not saying I that. Don't, I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't. I don't think that's what happened. Now, whether the River Parks Commission had a uh, beef with uh, the leadership at Memphis and May, I, I, I have no idea, and I can't speak to that. Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, from my interactions with uh, Forward Momentum, that uh, they are the type to go in and try and plan anything to... Uh, destroy Memphis in May. I think this is a group that uh, really reveres Memphis in May, uh, reveres the festival and what it's brought to the city over the years and loves it and is very civic-minded and doesn't want to see that go away. But they see that with the current leadership at Memphis in May, it went away from the park probably forever mm -hmm. um, unless there's big changes in leadership. And they tried to step in to say, we want to do something for the Memphis community and for the city. So, um, 
you know, but but there's a you know there's a lot of that talk online and a lot of hey this was a setup and this was that and this was that and I can tell you from my point of view that's not the yep. case at all. Uh, this was a group that simply said we can pick up the pieces and try and make something out of this broken vase. Have they communicated to you what they would like to see from a first year? team sign-up standpoint to make it successful? Well, I think that you have a limited number of spots in Tom Lee Park. I think that they are trying to work out a layout where they can maximize that and also potentially go beyond the park uh, to have more spaces that might be on asphalt Mm -hmm. um, that uh, would allow more teams to participate and potentially more riverfront booths. So um, I can't speak to the full layout. I haven't seen it. Uh, I can't tell you what they think their critical mass is for the number of teams. Um, But I do know you're limited by the new layout of the park. Uh, But I think they want to maximize it for the team experience as well as for the consumer experience and the general public. Having more things to do, maybe more VIP areas, or, you know, VIP areas in general, where if you're a barbecue enthusiast, you might be able to buy a VIP ticket for a couple hundred bucks, have a lounge, have a tent where you can go. Maybe you do pitmaster meet and greets. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got food from well-known chefs from around the Southeast. And then you have a great fan experience as well as a great team experience. And I think that's really the intention here is to make this very interactive between the teams and the general public who are enthusiasts about barbecue, who can ensure that this can go on for generations to come. Has there been talk about a fee schedule for teams? Uh, There's been some talk. It's not been published. Uh, I'm not privy to what that fee schedule would be. Uh, Like I said, I'm just kind of a, 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 an advisor uh, in a steering capacity, uh, uh, commitment but uh, my expressed interest and several of the other that are on that committee has been we have to make this you know more affordable or certainly not any more expensive Mm. than what memphis and may is right now memphis and may is touting 150 grand for uh, overall prize biggest record-setting prize purse they've ever had has there been talk about prize money at your event? There has. In fact, uh, the talk about the prize money has been that there would be higher tiers and bigger money Mm. at the top levels. Is there a website for someone to go to and get on a waiting list or be updated on when you could sign up? Uh, There is. It is on the bottom of the press release that went out to the AP so I can send you a copy of that uh, if you'd like to publish it. Sure. And it's simply a team interest uh, form at this point. So it's just to say, hey, I'm interested. No, it's it's no commitment. Nobody's asking anybody to send it any money. Um, you know, it's just simply a I'm interested in learning more. And when you have it, then please send it to me. Uh, so I would encourage teams, whether you think you want to participate on the river or not, to put your name in and sign up just to to have an interest and understand the updates on what's going on. 
holding you aside. Last question, and I appreciate the extended time tonight here, Kerry. Holding you yeah. aside because you're here. What team would be the biggest coup to get to switch from Memphis and May over to whatever this event is going to be, in your opinion? Well, I think there's a number of teams. Um, you know, some of the Mem- some of the bigger Memphis teams. Anybody that's a grand champion winner. John, back out. He's gone. He's gone forever. Get that big stuff out of here. What happens when you go long? Guests start to load in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what happens. You have John. I'm going to wait to see if Carrie loads back in. I was going to send out a, a quick email, but I couldn't find the time to jump in there. I don't know if Carrie realizes he's been cut out or not, or if he saw John instead of me. Maybe I'll jump back in. All right, Carrie, you're there. Sorry. Let's finish that thought there. I had my guest coming up in the second hour starting to, to load in there, so I apologize. Uh, what I said was any any team, especially a Memphis team, uh, that was a grand championship winner or a multiple grand championship winner uh, that goes over to uh, the new festival would be a big deal. Mm. And I think a lot of the teams are waiting to see if some of those big names sure. commit. So, But I, everybody right now, I think, is waiting for more details. Shoot me the link, and when people email in the show to ask for it, we'll send it out, get people advised, or keep an eye out over social media. I'm sure Kerry will be sharing it around once he has more information as well, since he's on the steering committee here. Uh, you can find him at peglegporker.com. Visit his restaurant. And uh, we didn't talk about it at all during this extended segment, but he's a prolific bourbon producer winning double golds and all this other stuff that we were talking about last night during soundcheck, which is very interesting. But next time, we'll certainly get into that. I appreciate the inside scoop here, all the insight in the background, Kerry. And continued success. We'll talk again soon. Greg, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me. You got it. Kerry Bringle right there. Peg Lake Porker. And if you are interested in more information, uh, you can email the show. I have zero affiliation, of course, but I'm happy to disperse information if you are certainly interested. So when he emails me that link, you can go ahead and ask for it. I'll send it to you. Or as I mentioned, you can follow carry on all sorts of social media or just kind of keep in uh, keep in tune with all the memphis news that's going on and it's hot and heavy here recently so you can hardly miss it all right we are way behind so i'm going to play catch up do the most abbreviated second hour top ever and then we'll jump in with the embedded correspondence so stick around we'll be right back Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank Kerry Bringle for joining us for an extended segment carrying over into the second hour. This is where I play catch up. Did you miss the first hour? you're just tuning in don't worry about that we are recording podcast tomorrow for first hour second hour will be on thursday and the best moments on friday 
We are pointing to the second hour, which will also be abridged. Stick around. Be right back.